Hey, babe, uh. do you think you've got time to do the renovations? I mean, oh, I don't know, maybe we should just get builders. <laughs> builders? I've got this. When it's time to make a move on your renovations, make it a good move and refinance with a CUA home loan. You get a great deal and the feel-good factor of being with someone who gives back to members and the community. Make a good move today at cua.com.au. Loans by Credit Union Australia Limited, T's and C's, fees and charges apply. Yet another edition of For Fuck's Sake, episode 11. My name is Jason. I am joined by Dave. Hello, Dave. Morning, Jace. How are you, mate? Yeah, it is a Sunday morning. We really usually do a Sunday morning podcast, but the schedule's mixed up a little bit this week, so we're doing a morning podcast. How are you feeling after last night? You would have had a, a quiet night, surely? Uh, reasonably quiet, yeah. Watched it, watched it at home. Um, yeah, we'll obviously talk more about it when we get into the match report, but... Uh, the <laughs> that we will. 11 episodes and only two losses, so I guess it's a good record. We can't complain too much. I guess this week we've, we've heard the uh, the calls for gender diversity across for fuck's sake. We've had a lot of men on in the past. It's been a sausage fest. Yeah, but we've got uh, a woman who is on the forum. She's one of the, I guess, the, the most famous uh, personalities on the forum in terms of um, being there for, for 10 years or so. Uh, we've also given her a shout-out numerous times on, on this uh, podcast, and you'll know her as the, the voice of Victory Secret. Uh, today, our guest is Nonna. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. I'm a morning person, so I'm pretty happy to be here. You'll be the bubbly one then. <laughs> yeah, you start work normally, what, four o'clock in the morning or something like that? Well, currently I'm on maternity leave, yeah. but yeah, but I now I still get up at five to go to the gym and stuff like that. Yeah, so this is like you know mid-afternoon for you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so with that, all of our guests, we do a little journey, and I think when um, Tuna was on, he spoke of your dad, and he was he was best mates with um, Tuna's dad was best mates with your dad going to old NSL games. So obviously you've been involved in the not just the victory, but also the NSL for a bit, or perhaps just soccer in general. What's your journey exactly? Right. Um, so yeah. So like Tuna, I was um, pretty much born at um, a football club um, at Essendon City, which is um, Essendon City Triestina. Um, so yeah, so I was born there and, um, pretty much was the only female, um, hanging around with loads of boys, which is why I'm pretty much used to being, well, not one, one of, of the, the only, yeah, one of the lads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you um, don't struggle to, to sort of fit in at the pub and, uh, get amongst it. No, I, I do enjoy beer. So, um, so yeah, so I grew up, um, soccer club and then, um, started playing myself when I was about 15, um, I also, well, I'll pump myself, t- pump myself up. Um, Do it. Played when I was fifteen. Played a couple of, um, well, a whole um, season Premier League. So, but back then, female Premier League was nothing like the W League is today. Um, and is that for Richmond or no, was it when was you were at the Knights? That was no Essendon, Essendon City. Oh, for Essendon, yep, right? Yeah, you ended and up at Richmond at some point, didn't you? I did. Alemania. Yes. Yes. That's where I ended my uh, career. Uh-huh. Um, the fact that the president forgot to invite the female senior team to the presentation night was that was it for the us. The dark old days wow. of football, eh? It wasn't even that long ago, but oh, yes, really? yeah. Well, um, probably about oh, about 
probably 10 years ago. Yeah, so okay. I guess that is a while ago. Yeah, well, I guess, Dave, you were telling me off-air that uh, women's football has now surpassed netball. Yes, and uh, look, it's it's an abs- it's the perfect week to have you on, Nonna, because, um, yeah, there was a news story earlier this week about um, women's football now eclipsing netball um, between the ages of 6 and 13 in Australia. So uh, clearly, you know, pivotal and significant part of the football fabric in Australia now, and it's always been a very well participated in sport but you know netball i mean you know netball is just you know synonymous with australia you know aussie rules and netball clubs and for football to actually now be bigger um for women in those age groups it's actually huge yeah yeah it's making its mark so how'd you get into the actual victory you would have started season right. one yes so yeah. season one um i I, I think I was partying a lot back then. Yeah. Um, weren't, you, weren't you on a reality show on Channel V back in the day? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so, I yeah, was. You were, it was a party ch- uh, show, wasn't it? You went, oh, yeah, going I, went, I got a trip to Ibiza. Yeah, that's it. And uh, was, it was Damn. pretty much Big Brother meets Ibiza. So what was, was it called? What was the show called? Um, you can't, it's not on YouTube. <laughs> okay. That's how old it is. <laughs> okay. I know. I'll let yeah. that go then. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, it, I have got the Jay's video. tapping away on the keyboard wanting yeah. to yeah. find this. <laughs> No, I've tried, but I've got the video, but that's pretty much it. Um, but, yeah, so um, got into victory. First year, I didn't have enough money, so I wasn't a member the first year, but I was going to the, the games every week. Um, was standing in the terrace with um, two of my female friends um, who were both single, so um, they'd regularly pick up in the terrace. Yeah, we had a discussion about this. Uh, I, I, I remember um, this trio, dangerous trio of women... Um, and remember first coming across them on that Adelaide away trip where you and I met, Nonna. And, um, yeah, it was like um, Banana Rama, you know, it was like uh, this, um, yeah, long hair and those I Love MVFC singlet tank tops, as some would remember, yeah. Yep, that was us. Um, <laughs> now, I I always think about this. I was, ta- like, from the beginning of Melbourne Victory, I've been with my now husband, and I just think... If I wasn't, if I was single, who the hell would I have hooked up with? Maybe Dave right next to you. That could have happened oh, once know. or twice. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> there's a few. There's a bit awkward. of flushing going on here, isn't there? <laughs> well, yeah, we've had you obviously a part of the victory for a long time. You're part of the forum, and everyone loves you. So it's great to have you on. Thank you. This week is a ripper week on the podcast. We've got a, a loss to talk about, which is, as we said, only our second loss of the season. Member of the week returns. Uh, we also went to victory in business this week, Dave. We did. So we're going to chat about this, and we have an exclusive one-on-one interview yeah. with Kevin Musket. Uh, we spoke to him. We were both nervous as shit, but we spoke to him. Uh, he was an absolute gentleman, and we've got about five or six minutes um, of interview with him from, from Victory in Business. Uh, this week's music theme, we took some suggestions. Um, I've had a lot of suggestions from people coming up to me and saying, do this one. So what we're going to do is we're going to mm. play songs that are are known of the ter- from the terrace because they are songs that are made up because of like with chance. So um, yep. something yep. like Seven Nation Army or just songs that um, are original that were you know turned into chance on the, the victory terraces. So exciting! Yeah, we're not going to play horses though. 
Um, <laughs> dis- disappointing to, uh, to certain South End fans. I'm sorry about that. I actually I can't stand horses. Oh, it's, it's, look, it's, it's like everyone. Starship Troopers, the movie. Yeah. It's in that so bad, it's good sort of category. So and good. So you, good. You just enjoy enjoy it because it's so shit. That, I think that's how I sort of look at it anyway. Yeah, I'm going against the grain pretty much of all my mates in the, uh, in the South End who absolutely <laughs> oh, love mate, it. I can take it or out. leave it, you know, with horses. You know, it was funny the first couple of times. Now I'm like, yeah, it's all right, but whatever. See what happens. Yeah, perhaps a personal message to Buds, who's driving this. Oh, he'll be, he'll be ropeable. His days are numbered with horses, if I have anything <laughs> to do with it. But I probably don't have any say. That's all on the show. So it's a big one. Let's, uh, let's get stuck into it. Dave, you usually do a fair amount of prep for each game. You you come to my house every every week with a pretty definitive uh, bunch of notes. <laughs> this week you didn't have much much prep. Um, you, you messaged me a few times saying that you didn't have anything planned. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not writing too much about this." So what I'm going to do? Abortion I'm of gonna, a game. I've got a little wheel in in my house, and we're going to spin the wheel. And I've got a few topics that we're going to spin, and I'll get you. You can choose which ones you want to chat about. So we'll spin the wheel. I've got four <laughs> four t- topics that I want to chat about. The pitch, the kits, Victory's performance, Carl Valeri. Which one do you want to chat about first? Oh, I'll just try and um, sideswipe them all um, in, 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 in a paragraph or so. Yeah, is that, okay, is that okay? Yeah, um, go for it. Look, uh, obviously, the less said, the better. But you, you, you touched on it earlier. We, we've only lost twice this season. Um, and actually, I think that's the second loss um, in almost a year when you if you count the off-season. So, yep. look, yeah, the pitch worked against our style, obviously. We we like to keep it on the deck for the most part and, you know, it was just an, an, an abysmal pitch and I, I don't know how that even happened. That, that From looking at the photos, it looked like it was dirt that was spray-painted green to give the <laughs> illusion. I think, it, I think that's actually legitimate. I think they've spray-painted dirt to give the illusion on TV that it's actual, actually grass. Yeah. So that's that's ridiculous. It was, and look, um, it, it hasn't been a good week for for the FFA, and I'm sure when they had their representatives over in Auckland and um, you know doing their once over over the pitch, and then the kits as well, which we'll get to as well. But um, look, there's a lot of complaints about the pitch, the kits, the, the refereeing. I'm going to go a little bit against the grain, uh, yeah, with with all that. I'd, I'd I don't like when we have this chorus of whining um, from some sections of our fans. Uh, look, it was all those things were really annoying. But ultimately, I think the 2-0 loss, we only really have ourselves to blame. Our defence was probably the worst I've ever seen in over a year. Um, we looked sluggish and error-prone. And look, we didn't take our chances either. We, you know... That that's probably where I'd like to hone in my focus. We yeah. just we were terrible. I know it sounds petulant to be all up in arms when you lose a match because I don't lose too often. And when you start complaining about pitches and kits and all that kind of things, all those kind of things, but I think there's a legitimate cause. I think 
it was a shit game. It just watching it on TV, you could. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be there, and I was. I was watching it on TV <laughs> on the couch. Uh, yeah, you, you said you were going to stage a thirty-minute. I was always uh, going. Yeah, yeah, I was always do gonna a boycott after, after 30, thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was feeling like it. Um, I stuck with it. I, I went outside a few times for for a cigarette with mates. <laughs> I was actually at, at Rowdy's poker night. So oh, okay. there were a few of us in the uh, in the lounge room watching it. What were your thoughts on the on the kits, Nadia? Well, on the kits, disgusting. Yeah. Uh, my son at the time, who's a baby, threw up yellow on me, and I was <laughs> I was wishing that was the Kiwis in yellow, but that was his overall reaction to the to yeah. the game, though throwing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It didn't and, make us all sick. That's right. I was happier with that than the actual game itself. Um, unfortunately, my darling Frenchie broke my heart last night. Um, Del Pierre, yeah. I think he just played a horrid game. Uh, I don't think there was many victory players who could help hold their head up high after that match. I, I don't think there was any stand-up performances whatsoever. Yeah, I would tend to agree. On, just on Del Pierre, look, um, the initial reaction that I had to that first goal was that, you know, Vukovic shouldn't have been beaten in that manner. But, yeah, I think it was uh, Satimo on Twitter pointed out that Del Pierre had just stopped running and, you know, didn't come in to cover that potential cross. So... Um, he had he had a bit of a stinker, but then again, so did a whole bunch of guys. You know, and it all contributed and you know uh, culminated in that loss in that manner. It was awful. Yeah. So when your team shit shit players with a shit pitch and shit kits, it all just turns out to be a shit night. Really, it's it's one of those games you just want to you know, forget about completely. Yeah. I mean, we we don't want to dwell on it too much. I think you said something about Carl Valeri. Um, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ob- Carl ob- obviously, we had that victory secret um, rumor. Um, was it last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, and at the time, we were like, let's hope this is wrong, you know. Yeah. And I still hope that it's wrong. And he's just uh, experiencing a bit of illness, as is as was reported um, when he was withdrawn 48 hours before the game. So Yeah, we'll, re- we'll rewind to the Victory Secret two or three weeks ago. It could have been three weeks ago. But uh, it was after he was sent off the FFA Cup match. Correct. He then had an injury. We took that at face value. Uh, it, well, he missed the game from suspension, uh, suspension yeah, yep. and then was injured. Yep, so that's two weeks. Then yeah, came back in but only minutes. played a half, so yeah, or, or not even minutes, a half, yeah. yeah. And at that point, we're just thinking that it's all about conditioning and fitness, but then he's lifted out of the squad this week with sickness. Uh, now, once again, we can take that at face value, but if we're delving deeper into stuff we've heard, that he's got some conflicts with the coaching department, then there's something in, in it there. And perhaps it's something to to look into further. Potentially, look, he's he's now missed more games than 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 he's appeared in. Um, which for your captain, you know, you want your captain on the pitch most weeks. We we we're not you know um, foreigners to this, and you know we missed Milligan for significant chunks during last the last campaign for uh, Socceroos duty. So look, let's just hope we're wrong on this. Yeah. So we'll put this one away. Is there any, any more thoughts that you want to chat about in regards to the nah, game? No, nah, move on, move let's on. Just, <laughs> let's just forget about it. Okay, that's it. Let's get into member of the week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um, 
When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's Member of the Week, once again, not a surprising winner. I should remind most people as well that at the end of the year, we're going to do a Amendment of the Year. So the biggest fuck-up of the year will be rewarded with the award, the prestigious honour of Amendment of the Year. Uh, the FFA have won it twice, and I'm deviating a little bit. I wanted to give the FFA for a third time for another dismal week. And so you just put their CEO in the frame then yeah, instead? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not hard. David Gallup is this week's Member of the Week, and you know when you, when you look at it, it's not hard to, to see why. Uh, Matt Winley and David Dvodovich released an article this morning, Sunday morning, um, with listing 32 fuck-ups of the FFA over the last 18 months. And the list is so extensive that it's yep. it's a wonder that he's still got a job. And I think now the time is coming where he's just about he just ha- just about has to resign. Yeah, and it's funny. I got a, a message from uh, someone that I used to work with today saying, I think this is all David Gallup. He ruined NRL and now he's ruining the A-League. <laughs> well, David Gallup came into the FFA with pretty high esteem in terms of being able to handle crises. Um, The NRL obviously is known for for their crises and their scandals. You know, um, in his time, I believe he would have dealt with the Canterbury and Melbourne Storm salary cap issues. He's dealt with numerous sex scandals, you know, pack rapes and all this kind of stuff. It's disgusting stuff in the NRL. They're all um, Neanderthals in the, in the NRL, really. Uh, but he's, let's just he's tar dealt, everyone with, with the same brush. People who are on... Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do something Alan Jones would do. Let's, yes. let's tarnish everyone with the same brush. Everyone from the NRL are disgusting animals and I, I hate the sport, but he's come from there. Uh, he's done a good job. He got them, you know, decent TV rights. He, um, he came over here with the, the same kind of uh, expectations on him to get a good TV deal, which he hasn't done for the league he's um he's solidified it with fox sports but he hasn't got the free air free air tv deal done at all uh, well in, if anything we we took a backward step yeah, this season backwards, yeah. with it not being on the main uh sbs channel yeah. but rather sbs2 yeah we, we're not dwelling on what he's done in the past we're just going to dwell on what he's done in the past week so remember two botched statements last week in regards to the fans and then this week he came out on tuesday and all the fans want to hear is that we support you. That's all they want to hear the FFA is say. Yeah. I, I've, it actually reminded me during the week of when I had a girlfriend earlier this year and she kept saying to me, I love you. And all she wanted me to do is say, I love you back. It didn't necessarily, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't necessarily have to mean it. She just wanted to hear those words. That's what the FFA had to do. They didn't have to mean it. They just had to say, oh, we support you. What do you think, Donna, as a, as a female? If, you, if, if, if the guy says, I love you back, you know, if David Gallup... That's enough, isn't it? Yeah, surely, surely that's enough of a statement. It is, just a little bit, but you need to mean it. <laughs> Eventually, I'm happy to say it now and then, and then work towards it later on. And I think that's what the FFA Work towards to those do. metrics. Yeah, that's what the FFA need to do. I feel like, obviously, they're still in this, this point where they're trying not to, to like, hurt the, the media or hurt their relationship with the mainstream media in, in Sydney. I think it's a very volatile um, environment up there, especially after the Western Sydney police union kind of war. And I think it's a, they're, they're just trying to keep everyone happy, but it's not keeping their number one stakeholder happy, which is the fans. Yeah, if I had to make one blanket statement about this whole saga, is that, and with regard to the FFA, they've just completely misread and misunderstood and just you know, not 
really captured the, the discontent that's out there, not really understood how deep it's actually run. And look, we've seen this weekend with the empty terraces just how deep this now is. And it's not good enough to just get up in a press conference and just blast us with the same old shit rhetoric that we've heard all you know, before. Yeah, so Gallup came out on Tuesday. He said essentially nothing. He was visibly, obviously, jet-lagged. He... He was really testy with the with the media who were asking questions. He seemed irritated. Uh, he was raising his voice at really weird times. He was like, "Flares are dangerous," and just seemed it just seemed really weird. He had no idea what was going on. I'm not sure who's advising him. If they're if they've got some you know kid straight out of uni as their PR manager who has no idea about the game. If if they're just you know he's got off the plane on on Tuesday morning and said, oh, this is what's going on. He's tried to, to put together some kind of statement that just fell completely off the mark. And then on Thursday, Stephen Lowy said, oh, I'll have a crack. So he, come, he came Let's out. have another press conference. Another press conference is essentially the fourth piece of communication um, since the Rebecca Wilson article and the fourth time that they failed miserably. It's just ridiculous. It was. A, it was like. Uh, it's probably a really shitty analogy, but you know, you, when you're young and your your mum's telling you to clean your room and um, you, you basically you, you tidy up a little bit of it, but it's really not quite good enough. And the the Stephen Lowy thing was like, oh, I've made the bed. You know, um, surely you, you can sleep in it now. And you know, meanwhile, everyone's like, well, there's all these other issues that are just completely untouched. You know, there's still a bunch of dirty socks on the floor and a whole bunch of other shit. You know, that, that needs shitty, to be dealt shitty with. There's shitty underwear on the floor, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Hatamoto is the, is the one, you know, big uh, cargo shorts-wearing elephant in the room that um, has not been touched. It was actually a little bit... There were some really good uh, hard-hitting questions coming from the gallery uh, towards Stephen Lowy and to David Gallup, but that's, they didn't touch Hatamoto. That's a fantastic point, and neither did the did the journalists in the room, um, many of whom are pretty esteemed football writers. I would I would say Kevin Ayres is pretty well respected in terms of he's the editor of He's been leading the charge on yeah. this quite but he well. Was, he yeah. was at that, that press conference, and, and people on Twitter and social media are telling him to ask about Hatamoto because that is the elephant in the room right now. Uh, some of you may not know who Hatamoto is, so we'll, we'll explain who Hatamoto is um, and in terms of what it means to the FFA. So the FFA this week, David Gallup especially, speaks about the appeals process. He says that we can't give you the evidence to, to defend yourself because that evidence is confidential in nature. So essentially, the FFA have a contract with Hatamoto, Hatamoto who are an anti- or counter-terrorism firm, which is the first mistake. Why are, you, why are you hiring a counter-terrorism company to look after football fans and their security? I think they're like ex-cops. Yeah. That, that, that I think they're, they're ex-marines they're, they're, Their scope of work is around risk management and you know intelligence, counter, counter-terrorism uh, and this sort of stuff. And yeah, they, they've been in the FFA's employ now for you know, at least, I think, eight seasons, yeah. something like that. And you know, note the dossiers that they've collected are essentially what formed the basis of the Daily Telegraph article. You know, the pictures of people's Facebook profiles, you know, all of the, the, the little details around that 
is what Hatamoto have provided um, to the FFA, to the stadiums and clubs, etc. Yeah, they gather intelligence. So this is why you need to care, even if you're not someone who gets involved in any antisocial behaviour, because chances are they have information on you, perhaps. And the way they get that is that they will go to games with their video cameras and they will record fans. So they will spend the whole match in their... Uh, black, they're, they're dressed in like a little uniform, a, a Ralph Lauren black polo and, and cargo pants, and they'll spend the whole time videotaping fans. Now, I would say, given that I'm mates with people in the North Terrace and I go to, on away games and so forth, I'm not someone who commits any acts of indecency, but I would say that they would have information on me. Not at games. Not at games. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not any violence or anything Maybe like that. Maybe in the that. toilets of the pub or... You know. No, it makes me sound like George Michael there or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but uh, so we move on to that. So I, I know of, of people who have been um, accosted by Hadamoto at games and they would ask them personal information off their Facebook page. So if you're someone who's innocent, chances are Hadamoto have actually got information on you, whether it be um, your Facebook photos or people you're friends with and so forth, and they know who you are. Now, they have an agreement with the FFA, obviously, that that's all kept under wraps, despite it's one of the worst kept secrets in, the, in, in football, in football circles. Uh, they would have an agreement with the FFA not to hand over any of that, that information or intelligence that they've, um, they've accrued over that time. So essentially what the FFA is doing is they're protecting Hadamoto over their own fans and they're stating that publicly. Yeah, and... They just haven't come out strongly enough with regard to the the pot shots from the media. Stephen Lowy started to take a few steps in that direction about the, some of the commentary about you know urban terrace and everything, which is great, but you know it's still not good enough. But then there's all these questions about Gallup's friendship with Rebecca Wilson and the fact that there's all these links with uh, News Corp and whether or not he was sort of holding back because of these established links. Yeah, you know? good point. I actually heard that on, on social media. I read that. Did they have a romantic relationship or was it just oh, a friendship? I don't think so. But Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because that always complicates things, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, and <laughs> and whether they loved each other or not. Yeah, and this so little as, what, <laughs> as, our, as our mate Bren always says, the old furry triangle sunk a lot of ships. Yeah, you know? God, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a vulgar for fuck's sake today already. <laughs> and and I guess just to to sort of see where we're at right now, and and what people are doing about what we've we've heard a little bit uh, overnight that um, the. Um, supporter groups are going to meet in Sydney on Wednesday. next week. So what yeah. I've heard, um, it's already been reported in the papers. What I heard, though, is that this was led by Mark Bosnich, who wanted right. to... And why is it up to Mark Bosnich to, to solve <laughs> exactly. this? Why is, it, why is it up to a media pundit to come out and try and save the game in Australia? Because um, obviously the FFA are not doing anything and it's been up to the, the CEOs of clubs to try and, and speak up for the game and then now it's up to media pundits to try and speak up for the game as well. So what Mark Bosnich has done, he's put the offer out. Um, I know certainly to Melbourne fans, I would, I would assume that it's been extended to the rest of the, um, the supporter groups around the league to pay for flights to FA headquarters in Sydney on, on Wednesday night. Right. But so, yeah, as you said, w- w- why should he be the one uh, to carry the can on this? Yeah, and to stump up the cash. I believe also the FFA offered to, to pay for flights as well. I know for a fact that the North Terrace lads won't be accepting any money. They'll be paying their own way there, um, which is a good sign that I obviously don't want to take the FFA's cash given how much of a just yeah. disgusting organisation they are at the moment. And the other development with the Northern Terrace, if you have missed it, is that during... I think the last couple of days, Northern Terrace have decided to boycott 
all games indefinitely until some sort of resolution is agreed upon or demands are met. Is that right? Yep. And what's what's the resolution here? Was Gallop out, do you think? <laughs> well, I, d- I don't know. Um, something, hopefully, you know, some something that appeases everyone that's involved, you know, some sort of, um, you know, fundamental change to the way fans are, I guess, dealt with, yeah. Get him out, I think. Yeah. Who's going to replace him? Who's going to replace him? I, well, look I at DeBowen. Yeah. Um, I heard also last night that he was the reason why the, the kit clash yeah, happened. We, we didn't, we didn't oh. speak of that, that enough, actually. Because, oh. Yeah. Oh. So Melbourne Victory were due to wear blue. They were going to wear blue. And Damon DeBowen's called up during the warm-ups and said, no, 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 you're wearing white. So if he's to blame for, for that once again, I mean, just pack your bags really and get the Where fuck out of here. Where does he get off making that call, yeah. for starters? Um, and, and, and second of all... Where was was the referee overruled? Or you know, big questions need to be asked about this because I mean, my eyesight isn't the, the greatest at the best of times, but I'm I'm squinting to try and figure out. You know, at, there were certain points where the ball was kicked forward, and I'm like, oh, that's us. You know, yeah. <laughs> transitioning into I'm like, attack. Whipping this cross, whipping this cross, and, 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 and like, then I <laughs> defender. And I realise it's actually Phoenix uh, on the march forward. So, oh, it's just abysmal. Yeah, I, 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 it's just Emma Whitsand. Actually, I'll, I'll refer to a post in the forum that I read um, from Cool G, um, and it reads, it's becoming harder and harder to give two fucks about this competition. Obviously, nerves are a little exposed and raw at the moment, and I'm trying to keep everything in perspective, but it'll become increasingly difficult to have the same enthusiasm going forward. There will never be reform that considers the fans. It will be piecemeal, bullshit, lip service at, be- at best. The FFA are too fucking weak to do anything different. I really hope something good comes to this, but I won't hold my breath. And I, I think that's a perfect point it's to leave. It's a great way of summarising yeah. it. Yeah. I think we're getting to the point now where how far is too far to be pushed? Will you stop going to football games if it gets to the point where you're just not treated? When the atmosphere is dead and there's nothing to do there. Yeah, it's a massive pain for me to actually come to games, leave my husband and two kids. Yeah. Um, so it's much easier to stay at home and watch it in bed, have a beer at home. But... I make the effort because I love my team and I love, you know, seeing guys like you. But, um, you know, it's I, I don't want them to have the satisfaction of a crowd that's actually enjoying yeah. themselves. For real. So David Gallup will get the esteemed honour of uh, Member of the Week and I think he's very, very close to winning Member of the Year already at such a, uh, such a short time into this series, oh, for fuck's sake. But uh, David Gallup, well done. about victory in business but first let's talk fuck's sake in business we have two sponsors we want to uh, recognize at the moment so ambrosia for all designs they're at assembly drive telemarine as you all know give uh 
Leanna Cole. Oh, yeah. I forgot her name for a second. <laughs> Tune will kill me. Uh, give Leanna Cole on 9338 3609. They'll take care of all your floral designs and, and things like that, as the name might suggest. Have you ever used Ambrosial Floral Designs? None? I certainly have. You have, yeah. Um, not to get me out of trouble, but for a funeral, unfortunately. So oh, that's, that that's brings sad. the tone down. But Sorry, I didn't mean to ask that. <laughs> let's, let's segue into IT problems. Um, that's a perfect segue. The LIT Services is also our sponsor in there. Uh, that's Pete there, who's featured 2006 on the FOSA. Uh, his phone number there is 1-800-843-695, and he'll take care of all kind of problems relating to IT, your computers, your networks, your porn issues, anything in, anything at all. Yeah, get around Big Pete. Yeah. Victory in Business, another day on Wednesday at the Crown Palladium. Let's, yes. start, off, let's start off with the menu, Dave. What do we have? Oh, it was the same as it, as it always has been. I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get sick of the, the, the food I've only been there. twice. It's yeah. been exactly the same both times. Yeah, exactly. Before we uh, jump in any further, though, I'm just going to send out a big shout-out and a big thanks to Milbury, who had us on his table again. Uh, respect, mate. Um, yeah, really enjoy being part of the... Uh, the prawn sanger elite, even yeah. for even if it's for a momentary time. Fantastic day, and, and Milbury also had uh, past guests of for fuck's sake in tune, and also Dan Oaks, who was on the right. show last week. So we had a good day having beers in the uh, the midday um, environment of, of business corporate lunches. It was, it was great. Mm. We'll get on to what occurred at um, at Victory. Oh, sorry, the Victory in Business, and, and mm. firstly, mm. Di Pietro. Spoke really strongly as, as he did the. He's last done it again, hasn't there. he? Yeah. yeah, he's just really, really assertive, uh, and so he should be. Um, there was a really good article that came out about him. Uh, you know, the, the man who made victory. Obviously, he didn't make victory. Tony Icing probably saw that and probably <laughs> yeah, uh, had a heart attack. You know, but um, yeah, look, um, Di Pietro spoke passionately and said all of the things that Gallup should have said. You know, he was on the front foot about fans and how how we need to start reassessing the way in, way in which all this is managed and, you know, talking about the rest of the league too, you know. It seemed like he was fed up that essentially victory are uh, propping up the league. Exactly, yeah. And we all, you know, we don't like to, you know, blow our own trumpets as victory fans. I think there's a perception in the rest of the league that we might have a bit of arrogance about it. But some of that arrogance, you know, is necessary, I guess, because it really is getting to a point now that some of these other teams are really struggling. And, you know, it's not so much the the cities that they're based in or the clubs and the people that are involved in. It's the support network around the FFA. And the other story that sort of um, sprung out of this that Di Pietro mentioned is the fact that we need to have the A-League as a separate entity to the FFA. So this is a big story right now. Dave Davutovich has pushed it. Let's not forget that this was actually one of the Crawford Report recommendations back in 2003. So here we are, you know, 11, 12 years later from those recommendations... We've got the A-League, but it's, it just seems to be two steps forward, three steps back every season. And this season, it's been several steps back because the whole Phoenix issue and, you know, obviously Brisbane Roar and, you know, the list is quite exhaustive as you've already covered off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I spoke really passionately and I spoke to – I said to you after, just after his speech, that I feel like he yep. could be a man one day to take over as the FFA Yeah, chairman. I don't – and I disagreed with you at the time. Not, not so much because I don't think he could do it. I just don't think – He's looking in that direction. So I think he sees Melbourne victory as, as a football man and a businessman as his, yeah. as his thing and the thing that he loves to do. And he did deflect that in the Herald Sun article about the oh, did he? victory. Yeah, he said that he's, he just saw the, the hard work is really beginning now. And that's, as I said, I, I know, I feel like he's got ulterior motives and he wants to drive his business into Asia and he's using victory as a vehicle for that. 
so I think that's that's probably where his uh, his interests lie at the moment. Uh, yeah, so the day was was pretty good. We had we started off with a, a prawn entree that we put into stuffed into some sandwiches like like NRL Neanderthals. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just eaten them, you know, by themselves. Uh, then we had a lovely steak and we had a, a nice red with that steak. Yep, yep. We had a keynote speaker. It was pretty boring though. Oh, Do you I, remember who I he was? think I, I sort of just vacated the premises at that time, mate. Um, yeah, it was something. Uh, yeah, it was pretty hard to follow. Yeah, some guy keynote, he was doing a keynote speaking. I think he um, he spoke. He organised the Commonwealth Games and he organises the Grand Prix. So it was just a bit of a wank fest for half an hour. And it was death really by PowerPoint. It, yeah, really, it, was, it really yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. And then we had a chance, so we spoke to the club, and we must thank the club. We know this isn't always the uh, the PG PG thirteen podcast <laughs> that that perhaps the club would like, but we we did get some access thanks to them. I emailed them during the week, and we got access to Kevin Musket, who was there. Mm. Um, we had an interview with him. I'll play that a little bit later on. Um, they also two two issues that they also two announcements they made. Firstly, the re-signing of Bessart Barisha, two years. What do you reckon? Yes, Bess. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Bess. <laughs> Love him. Fantastic, and he he was he was really um, glowing again. You know, his praise towards the club, its fans, and everything. It's a good fit. Two more years. He's still, I think, what is he now? 30, 31? He just 31, turned thirty. Yeah. yeah. So, so still got plenty of time in him, and you know, we've we've signed him down for another two years. Where's he rank in terms of victory strikers? Perhaps now, and you know, what he could could he be the could he be better than Archie when two years is all, all over and done with? That's a big call because Archie's record spans the entire A-League. You know, I think he's still equal top or perhaps top scorer. You know, I think Shane Smeltz might be either level with him or close to it. Yeah, um, I think Archie's top and then there you Smeltz. Go. And then uh, Bessart's, I think, got – he's on 69. Yeah, he's not too far away. Bessart strikes me as the sort of guy who's going to stick around in Australia, though. Mm. So yeah. if he ends up being here, you know, for another four or five years, he could well eclipse – those scoring records. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll he'll be one of those players that plays until you know thirty seven, thirty eight, perhaps. Um, he also spoke a little bit about playing Euros in two thousand sixteen. That's an interesting one. I've heard a few mixed reports about that. Obviously, Albania have um, <laughs> qualified for Euro. Two- Why are you laughing? No, uh, Albania is a proud <laughs> proud nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shutting up. Yeah, no, we have a we have a um, a proud Albanian who listens to us. So shout out to Sami, my good mate, if you're listening. Okay, so Euro 2016 coming up, and I think um, Bess has basically, I won't say turned his back on the Albanian national team, but he he made mention of the fact during the press conference that um, he's been called up ever since he was even still playing at Brisbane Raw and rejected it. Um, based on the, the travel and, and all of that. So I think from what I've read, the current national team manager for Albania has basically given up on him. So something would have to change over in the national team set up in Albania for best to get a call up next – or is it next year? Yeah, next yeah, year. Next year yeah. The, the Euro start in June, but there'll be obviously a few important lead-up matches in the months following – or sorry, much le- match, months leading up to yep. the Euros – in which that he might be away because we know the A-League doesn't like international breaks too much. That's right. And we don't finish, I think, until May. Yeah. You know, and the Euros will be in June, July. So I'm kind of <laughs> hoping that he doesn't get the call. But then again, I kind of want to see a Melbourne victory player. Mm. In the Euros, yeah. In the Euros. That would be awesome. Did Macedonia qualify? I'm, I'm assuming not. <laughs> no. Okay, so no Georgievsky at the Euros. 
Uh, also, another piece Maybe of... Maybe Eurovision. Eurovision, yeah. <laughs> another piece of business... Do you see Australia got put into Eurovision again? That will, that'd be digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Eddie Had Stadium signed another 10-year contract, which was much to the chagrin of many Victory fans, but I believe that is the mm. right move. I think that the, the tide has turned slightly on this. Back in, you know, season three, four, and even season two, there was, a, you know, quite a, an angst about... Telstra Dome, Telstra Dome is not my home and all this. But I think people still don't like it, but people have sort of woken up to the idea that it's one of the main reasons why we've been able to uh, do well financially, the deal we have with that club, sorry, with that stadium. So, look, I don't really like it that much myself, but I'll take it when you consider that it's one of the reasons we've been able to sort of Draw, draw ourselves away from the rest of the pack in the A-League. I was too young for this, but do you remember when there was a nightclub at Etihad Stadium? There was. I can't remember what it was called, though. It was the Cougar Bar. The I Cougar remember bar. the Cougar Bar. There was a nightclub upstairs, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe season two you guys would have been... I believe. Been one going night. There? Yeah, we, yeah, we had some messy nights after games. We did. Yeah, back in, back in those locker room days, now they've, they've really um, watered it down. You can't smoke can't out smoke the back. Out you can't mm. do anything... Victoria, the nanny state, but I believe that Etihad Stadium is a pretty good, pretty good venue for football now. What do you reckon? I think it is. I, I personally don't like when the seats are in, but that's because I like being under where we usually stand. Under the stand, yeah. And I like having a TV near me so I can see properly. But, um, but yeah, uh, but I do like the health section. Which is right near our seats. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Beer and health food, that's me. Oh, yeah, the health food mm. store for yeah. some I, reason. I always food. avoid that one for some reason. Yeah. I wonder why. But yeah, um, you go for the I go for the dimmies the, um, and the, um, yeah, whatever the, else the is Don really Don bad because I've had too, mi- too much to drink. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I believe that that's uh, the right way forward. The, the club's getting a fair amount of cash. And I think the only question is, will there be an A-League in 10 years? So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, look, I, uh, there's those that have been around uh, Australian football for, for a while remember when the A-League uh, came in, we had some of the detractors of that uh, transition sort of say, three years tops, that was the old catch cry. Usually South Melbourne fans that were uh, joking about it. Um, is it a joke so much now, considering the state we're in now? Obviously, it's 11 years old, but um, look, I tend to think things will stabilise. I, I also tend to think that um, guys like Gallup won't be at the helm for that much longer. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is the, the revolution within the revolution that we needed, a bit of a wake-up call. So uh, we went had the after party um, at Club 23. Did you see any famous people? We didn't see many football personalities there, did we? I saw Wayne Carey. Seen Wayne Carey. I was going to make. I was going to tell oh. a Wayne Carey story, but I was oh not going to name him. God, I was like, what the fuck are you well, doing? Just don't here? name him. Just tell. Okay, the story. so I saw a, I saw a very prominent '90s football player, absolute star player. I won't name him for legal <laughs> reasons because I've learned about defamation. But I saw him at the uh, the Club 23 after party. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, I saw him at the Club 23 after party and this very famous footballer was talking to a few mates, obviously had a few, and I, I was kind of sidling up next to him because I was like, oh, what's Wayne Carey talking about? So I, I said to you, let's go get a smoke, Dave. And as I walked past him, I'm walking past him, I'm trying to keep an ear out, seeing what he's talking about. <laughs> at this most perfect opportunity, this famous, this very famous football who player you've already who, named, who I can't so. name. No, 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 no. Let's just call him W. Carey. No, that, that's too obvious. Uh, Wayne C, we'll call him. Okay. <laughs> or Wank. Wank. Yeah. Uh, at the most perfect time, he um, he says to his mates, and I told her 
at least you can look at me in the eye when I give you the cash. I don't know what that means. I'll just oh leave that God. there. I have spent time in a jacuzzi with him. He's really like, what? Yes. How that happened? Elaborate. No, there's no more to that. You know, parties <laughs> like yeah, no, no. But a, a lot of us in the but he's just a feral human being. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we try that's to get not it, defamation. That's no, not because it's happened. true. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> true. I know he's talking about. You take that in whatever context you want. Mm. But he said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then we tried to get Bozza on the uh, on the podcast, but it didn't happen. Well, we kind uh, of before we up. before we talk about Bozza, there was there was another AFL footballer there, Justin Kashitsky. Oh yeah, who um, uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Kashitsky, isn't it? Kashitsky, I'm pretty Kishitsky. sure. Justin Kashitsky. Yeah. But um, you know, he was there and you know suited up and everything, and I was like, hang on a sec, I remember running into you at the London Hotel before a Melbourne Derby. And he was just egging on victory supporters about how shit soccer is yep. and all of this. And there he is at the victory and business luncheon. Yeah, so he's smoothing and getting a free lunch. We also saw Brian Lake and Peter Dacos. Um, so a lot more AFL personalities than there were football personalities. We did see Bozra, as mentioned. We got granted access to have a, an interview with Kevin Musket, which we really do thank the club for. Uh, we were allowed to go into the press conference and um, we, we spoke with <laughs> Bess and... The, the, the timing was just abysmal on my part. You know, I, was, I was trying to see if we could get him on the podcast. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, he was clearly preoccupied with something yeah, else. Yeah, so, so once the, the press conference finished, for some reason he was in the back of the room. He was pacing up and down. I was like, what's Bozza doing? What's Bozza even doing in here? There's, like, you know, David Avudovich and, and Michael Lynch and all that kind of stuff around. And there's Bozza pacing up and down the, uh, the back of the, the room. And the, the press conference finishes. He goes and shakes everyone's hand. He comes up to us, you know, thinking that we're someone, <laughs> someone, to, someone to know. And he <laughs> He shakes our hand and um, you're sitting next to me, Dave, and, and Dave, you say, oh, Bozza, have you heard of the For Fuck's Sake podcast? And just no. looks steely <laughs> back at you and goes, no. I'm like, Dave, he's not going to know what it is. And then he just keeps walking past. It's similar to how those girls reacted in the club the other week. At, at the top? Yeah. Have yeah. you heard of Jace from the For Fuck's Sake yeah. podcast? No. Um, he, he seemed a lot more. He seemed a lot more mean about it. So it kind of put me on the back foot, and we didn't progress any further trying to get him on an interview. At least we spoke to him. We shook his hand. That's good enough for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that's a pass mark. Yeah. So after that, we um, we had a, an exclusive one-on-one interview with Kevin Musket, and I'll play that now. Um, thanks once again to Milbury for the day. Thanks to the club for the interview. Yeah. And here we go, Kevin Musket. Kevin Musket, thanks for joining us on For Vuck's Sake. I just wanted to get your impressions on the first two or so months of the season. Currently, we have a share of top spot on the table with a game in hand, and you can argue there's a lot more improvement left in this side to come. Given the plan you would have had coming into the season, are you surprised that we're at the top of the table so early? Oh, look, uh, you know, we we knew we wanted to... We, we knew we had to start well. Um, and, uh, um, you know, the fact that there was the FFA Cup um, so early at the, in, in, in the season and during pre-season was good because it gave us a, uh, a platform of concentration to go on with from last season. Uh, and, and, you know, early on, you know, we've, uh, you know... Uh, didn't get maybe some favourable results, but our performances are good. And uh, it's uh, and in the last few weeks, it's probably a little bit the opposite with that. Our performance has been exceptional, uh, but not for long enough. And we've we've let teams uh, back into games where we should have, uh, you know, really seen them off. Um, so you know, we we're under no illusion that we've got some improvement in us. Yeah, uh, we'll look ahead to the next few weeks of the season. I think any victory fan would look ahead to the next month and think it's a bit of a nightmare. But I feel like the squad would look at it as a real chance to to get that experience in for a busy period, you know, three interstate games in the next 11 days. And we're also, as I said, 
it's a it's a great chance for the squad to get experience moving into you know later on in the season when we're going to have ACL uh, commitments as well as a heavy A League schedule. Is a is a squad thriving upon the next few weeks? Is a chance for to really build experience in, especially in the boys who haven't played much first team football. Yeah, and, and and again, you know, this, the the environment that's been created won't allow anyone to look upon this uh, period, three games, eleven days as anything but a great challenge, um, you know, simply because, you know, it could have been a lot easier. You know, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have had to travel to Perth on a Wednesday night before the, um, before the derby if we weren't successful in the FA Cup. So if that's the price of uh, success, well, I'm happy to pay in spades. Yeah. Great. Uh, Dave, you got a question? Yeah. I do. Thanks for joining us, Kev. Um, I know you've laboured over this question on the stage and here in the press conference already, but obviously the past week, um, you know, uh, it's been strenuous for fans and the club alike, and, you know, we're, we're, we're a podcast that will basically have a strong listenership amongst the fans, and just keen to get a bit of a summary on your thoughts on the week and, you know, how, you know what, what are your feelings are overall and what you'd like to say to the fans directly? Oh, look, to be honest, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of the commentary I feel personally insulted by, um, without doubt, and I can sympathise, and yeah, certainly with uh, not only our members and fans, but, uh, you know, members and fans, you know, on a whole of the A-League, because, you know, in general, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's the, it's the you know, coming to a Melbourne Victory game is the biggest, single, most, uh, you know, best match day experience in the country regardless of what sport you're talking about no doubt um, so and and that's not even uh, and that's not me being biased so you know for to listen to some of the uh, you know unintelligent commentary this week uh, you know just makes me think that you know we're a lot less we're all a little bit less intelligent for having heard some of the comments because uh, just from complete morons who uh, you know trying to make a name for himself and want to fall on the well you know just because we're not part of the, the football media doesn't mean we can't have a comment uh, no that's not that's not what we're saying but educate yourself with some facts before you enter an argument um, and then uh, you know someone might take you seriously the fact that uh, as a football community for the first time and we've had many points uh, 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 many times where we get to the crossroads in our code um, where uh, you know we haven't been able to uh, return fire or haven't been able to put up a fight but uh, the fact that uh, you know we're at a point where what I've seen this week is so many um, you know people getting behind the sport uh, and a lot as well by the way who are not haven't got a vested interest in the code have stood up for the code uh, tells me again that you know we've certainly uh, come a long way and you know for a lot of it as well, you know, Australia is a, a melting pot of you know many different cultures. Uh, so uh, to be labelled with the you know the commentary that we've seen this week, you know, borders on you know a, a lot of a, a lot of different things that you know I don't want to have to drag up again because it just gives more ammunition to the to the ignorant uh, because basically uh, that's what it has been uh, the, sh the sheer amount of ignorance this week is uh, you know better that we don't give it m much more oxygen that's brilliant just ask one more question. Uh, obviously, we're focused on the negative, but you've captained the side to two championships. You've coached the side to one championship, but the a small pocket of fans will remember you most fondly for the guy who bought a round of drinks for uh, a bunch of uh, fans on Adelaide away in 2011. I mean, that's the kind of relationship you have with fans that you're always obviously you know together with them. Um, what do you remember about that day? 
uh, cost me a grand. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, apart from that, not too much. And uh, look, I've uh, I've certainly enjoyed some some good times. Uh, at this football club, and uh, you know, like I said earlier, um, I believe our you know fans have been the flag bearers of this competition, albeit in you know recent years they've you know had some support from from other clubs, but uh, you know we've we've certainly got the best fans um, and members in the country, and uh, we've created an unrivalled uh, atmosphere at our home games. Great, thanks for joining us, Kevin Musket. Cheers, boys. Thank thanks, you. Great. Thanks, mate. Cheers, cheers boys. The next game, Melbourne Victory versus Western Sydney Wanderers 1v2 at Wanderers Stadium. Could be an empty Wanderers Stadium, um, depending on what happens this week. What do you think? Will we get back on the winners list? I, I think you can pretty much forget about what happened on in Auckland on Saturday night. I hope we can. Uh, I hope I we don't get to see anything like that for a while yet. But um, just before we touch on the match... Um, First of all, some something pretty dramatic would have to happen for the RBB to back down right now. And, you know, given what we know, the track record of the FFA and what they've put forward as part of press conferences, I can't see much of a change. So we could see an empty uh, terrace there again this yeah. week. Perhaps if, you know, Hectic Hector walks out of that <laughs> FFA meeting on Wednesday night with David Gallup's head in his hand. Maybe, uh, maybe his things seven will head change. In his hand, maybe, that, maybe that will change things and the RBB will return. Score predictions, what do you think, Nona? I think 1-1 one, one draw. Mm. Oh, I, um, I hate to be uh, pessimistic, but at the moment, the Wanderers, I think that that's five in a row for them. Six in a row, Six yeah. Six in a row, they're looking really good. Um, old mate Mitch Nichols with a pearler last yeah. night. Uh, it was very Butters. Robbie Cruz-esque of um, the Sydney semi-final match, yep. where he kind of curled it in a little bit from that, that range. So they're looking really good right now. Um, I think we're going to have a narrow loss up there because something is just not right with our defence at the moment. Um, and I think with Valeri, all these question marks, um, he's so pivotal to our team. So I think a narrow loss. Yeah, I'm going to say 3-0. Valeri's going to come back. He's going to score a hat-trick. And he'll hug Kevin Musket. And their photo of them hugging will be on the back page of the Sunday Herald Sun next week. Okay. Okay. Very specific prediction. Yeah. Yep. That's it for fuck's sake. <laughs> episode eleven. We thank Nona for coming. Thank uh, you. Really do appreciate it. As as we know, we love you on the podcast. You're the voice of uh, one of our favourite segments, Victory Secret. We'll hopefully have uh, have a few of our favourites back on towards the end of the year as well. Thank you. And Dave, thank you. Awesome. No problem. See you later. Bye.
Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.